Okay, right. Um, welcome once again, um, Annette. Um, you know, this is a very, uh, very, very important collaboration. It is for the Gold Nuggets uh, for entrepreneurs, and also we are rolling out the um, Life Skills Academy, uh, which is a global educational platform where you are one of the uh, mentors. So I'd like to welcome you once again to be on this platinum collaboration between Singapore, America and India and many parts of Asia. Thank you once again, Annette. And today, um, without further ado, um, I, I would like to uh, introduce you um, as uh, one of the mentors and writers for the book um, Gold Nuggets for Entrepreneurs and also Life Skills Academy. Um, but before I even do that, I would like you to talk a little bit about yourself as an author and then we'll go into um, what you what you do, what you stand for, your brand, and also about um, the mindset of an entrepreneur. How, how are you, um, Annette? Welcome to Singapore. Hey, thank you so much for having me on again. It's always such a pleasure to talk to with you and such an honor just to be on this platform. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, Annette, um, you are a veteran. Um, now you are an entrepreneur. Um, you are an influencer, you are mover and shaker um, of your platform uh, for the veterans. Um, and I see you everywhere um, uh, in the veteran sector and also in America. And also you are such a big advocate for um, uh, mindfulness. So today I would like to introduce yourself um, as an author for um, uh, a world between two lives and also um, an international a mentor for mindfulness. Uh, I'd like, like you to tell us about yourself, um, your philosophy um, as a person, your philosophy um, as an entrepreneur, and then also about what you stand for. Um, and then... Thank you. So I, I am a, a person who lives with mental health struggles and that's how everything started. I, I held on to that secret for so many years and, and I did suffer or I do suffer from PTSD, depression and anxiety. And so when I became a, a, what I call an accidental entrepreneur, it was because of those things I felt so alone and I realized that there was that ugly stigma on mental health that needed to be changed. And so I started the, um, you know, my business called The Wild Ride Called Life because I believe it can relate to so many people, not just the military community, but anyone who has, you know, goes through this, this crazy life journey of obstacles. And from there, I decided to write my, write my book because I wanted to, for myself, but also for other people to provide hope that no matter what you go through in life, if I can make it, you can make it as well. Um, you know, I went through all, all types of things in my life that I still can't believe I survived from, but I feel that it's important to share. And so the, you know, the philosophy, the philosophy behind my business is to, uh, live, not be afraid to live with your mental health challenges instead of suffer from them, because I understand how it feels to have that paralyze you to the point where you just cannot function. And we should no longer be afraid of it. It doesn't define us as a person. It's just something that we live with. And there's there's ways that you can actually live um, a fulfilling life. 
even while you're going through you know any challenges that you face yeah and you you brought in quite a a few things that i would like to touch on and ask you about that um sellers what are the um episodes in your life um with uh from your book the wall between our uh, two lives you did talk in chapter 2 uh, um that you had quite um, an accident um which was painful to read so i can't imagine um how it felt like to be there um with your girl um and to go through that physical trauma and also emotional trauma um i'd like you to talk about that first and then talk about the other episode um uh that um you had about um your abuse and then talk about uh, one of your mental depression episodes tell us about this episode um about the accident and how did that help um in formulating your philosophy towards yourself and towards your business and towards the rest of your life yes uh thank you for that i um so i was taking my daughter to college in 2018 and uh, we were involved in a head-on collision that involved four cars our car flipped over five times and um i or she she walked away with not walked away with but she uh, had a uh, she broke her left leg and has a titanium rod in her leg and my whole left side was um damaged broken all of it i had to get six surgeries and a, a hip replacement and it really while we were upside down in the car it was at that moment where i realized that all the times in my life where i didn't yeah. want to live wow. um at that moment i did you know and i actually yes. prayed i actually prayed i um i had a stranger kneel down right next to me and pray with me and um I knew then that God was <laughs> he pretty much was shaking me and he was like wake up you know this is um you have so much to live for and um so all these all these thoughts were crossing my mind and I realized that uh there was there was more to life than me having pity parties and um feeling sorry for myself so my daughter and i had another chance at life and we have tried to live each day uh with that memory of of knowing we have we still have our story isn't over yet that really made me more focus on my business. I had the business before the accident, but I was feeling kind of uh overwhelmed and lost and I just lost lost that passion for a little while. But after that, I knew that there was more for me, that there was there was more for me to do, more work for me to do. So I uh, unfortunately that was the big wake up call for yeah. me to continue yeah. on living. Uh, let's zoom in a little uh, just to um let the viewers know and also i thought that is such a powerful episode in your life um especially when you say there were times before you didn't want to live but suddenly 
this is the time whereby you really want to live and you kind of like um, beg God for life. Like tell us, a, a lot of us may not have that encounter and I hope that many of us won't come to that level. But tell us that kind of moment, how, what kind of things like really crash through your mind? How did you feel? What kind of emotions go through? Um, you've made it sound like a breeze. You make it sound like a simple episode, but I, I can't imagine um, that moment. Um, it's almost like Lady Diana, Princess Diana, when she was crushed in Paris. Um, so, and of course she wasn't saved. But uh, tell us what goes on in your mind um, because you were conscious. I, um, I was just very angry because I didn't know, I couldn't, I couldn't have seen what was happening. It just all happened so fast. It wasn't like I was texting and driving. It wasn't mm. like I wasn't paying attention. You know, I did all the things that I thought were right. <clears throat> and I wanted to live for my daughter. She was very scared, of course, and I was just trying to remain calm. I think mm. I was in shock mm. for um, during that period of time because I, I didn't even cry. I, I just, I don't know, I was just going through the motions because I wanted to make sure I was okay for her. And we were separated because my injuries were more severe. So I went to a different hospital. I had to stay for five weeks. Uh, thankfully, she was only admitted for four days. But um, the whole time that I was in the hospital, I was just angry because I, you know, I later found out that the driver should not have been driving because he was on medication and he had no insurance so i was just really really angry at the world um I, I wanted to get out of there so bad but i couldn't walk i couldn't do anything i had to relearn how to do things i had to have people help me shower and all the things that you take for granted i was like this is humiliating i, I can't believe this is happening but my husband kept trying because he's such a uh he's just a strong-willed person and he doesn't get emotional like I do. He had to keep reminding me that I was alive. And so, although I didn't want to hear that and I just wanted to be mad, the reminder that I was still alive was something that I had to get, I had to process. You know, no one knew how we survived that accident. The doctors, the nurses, everybody just couldn't, they couldn't even believe that we survived it. So. Uh, I had to process that and it took me months to do that because I came home and I was still angry and my husband you know was going through all my mental health stuff and he says oh what are you how are you gonna do this you know are you gonna learn to live with it or are you gonna suffer from it and that really hit me and I use that a lot now because that that really spoke to me and he was right you know how how Am I going to continue on like this and help other people if I can't even get through these emotions myself? And so it took a lot of time, uh, up to a year after I couldn't, I couldn't drive, I couldn't get in the car, I was terrified. Um, I still had, I couldn't even watch certain movies because I would break down. So it's been three years and 
I am still very careful, but I do appreciate life a lot more. And so I have learned to, if things get too overwhelming for me or I start to feel really upset or, you know, I go through depression, I have learned to just to scale back, just take a step back and go do something else and come back later because oftentimes, you know, social media or little events can trigger you Mm -hmm. and I don't want to go back to that place. And, you know, I have, my kids are older now and I don't want them to see that any little thing can break you down. You have to learn how to, you know, recover from it. How are you going to deal with it? And so that's my biggest thing now is learning how to go back to that event and realize that I'm still here for a reason and I can't let anything else, you know, deter me from that. Yeah. Um, and you also have um, in, act, in chapter eight, I think, um, you also have another story that I thought um, you should share um, with a lot of, of us Um, and particularly in times like, you know, in the recent times we talk about, um, um, you know, women's issues that, you know, uh, you know, the Me Too movement, as, as particularly regarding uh, women and women being abused uh, mentally or physically. I thought that that story in your chapter It, it's it's so real, um, and I thought you should share this should share this um, with the audience, and also the audience should read your book and buy your book, um, uh, "Wall Between uh, Two Lives." Um, Annette, do you mind sharing um, any part of it that is non-confidential with us that you know women can learn, or even women, or even anyone being abused uh, it doesn't just have to be women i mean men get abused too right uh, boys or girls you're right you're right and i don't mean to laugh i'm just you're right because we often think that it's just women and although that is terrible men are um abused as well and it, it's yeah. it's heartbreaking i believe that chapter spoke about when i was um uh abused by my leadership so Right as I was doing my military training, I entrusted another soldier because I was the only female in that training at the time. I had come from the States to Germany to, to do this training. I was offered the opportunity and I didn't really know a lot about the army. And so to be in this training with actual soldiers that have been in for a while, I, um, I entrusted him to show me around um, Italy before we had departed because I would wanted to go around but I didn't want to go by myself and he took advantage of me and I was uh, just in shock because I didn't want to believe that this was how the army was or not the I mean not that it doesn't involve the whole military it's just that I that was my first experience that was my first encounter and so I was um terrified and I wanted to leave. I ended my training early and I told my supervisor that I I couldn't stay. I didn't know what to do. I was I was just so I was in shock. And I was as I when I went back to Germany from Italy, I 
found out that one of my uh, former leaders was there and I needed someone to talk to and I went and talked to him and he ended up taking advantage of the situation and again I was just like what is going on and I was traumatized I went back to the states and I tried to talk to somebody about it but we didn't pursue any form of action because he was a senior leader and why you know I was just scared I didn't I didn't know I didn't want to get people in trouble but then again I didn't know how to handle it and so that kind of stuck with me for throughout my career because I didn't know how to handle that and it changed me you know I didn't trust anybody and I I ended up being an, an angry person and someone who just didn't want anyone to help me because I didn't think I could be helped and so it was just very, uh, it was just very sad. It was just yeah. sad. And I see, and this was in 98. So I see these episodes happening throughout, you know, 20 years later. And there's so many soldiers who are afraid to speak up because they're fear, afraid to be reprimanded or that it would affect their career. And so it breaks my heart because although I wish I would have done something, I was able to recover these other soldiers are not and so that's why I'm just so passionate about using your voice like no matter what use your voice and it's just it's very difficult yeah particularly um, in that particular situation you're talking about the military you have to respect the roles you have to respect the hierarchy you're in a professional setting um, you know it's so hard for you to to move maneuver out move out of that particular zone that you're in um, right and and you don't want to jeopardize anything right. you, you rather like suck it up and say hey um you know let's pretend uh, this did not happen um, yes. but of course it did right um right. like before we go into a third story like for this two episodes of your life um the huge accident um that's a close uh, brush with life and death right and then this particular situation whereby you had to suppress yourself, your being, um, your self-worth. Um, and I'm not even sure how much studies have gone into um, how it crushes a person, a woman or a man who are in that kind of situation. Um, but you know, with the Me Too movement, you saw a lot of people coming out and say that it took that power away from them. They couldn't face up to it. They had to like put it aside and kind of deny themselves um, of facing uh, facing to this reality uh, tell us like having gone through these episodes of your life how do they become your strength or the opportunity for you to draw from that experience to face what's in front of you for this phase of your life as an entrepreneur so that that was it, it was kind of twofold. So as I, I have a daughter who's 21 now and a son who's 19. As my daughter was growing up, I became a very, um, what do you call my like a helicopter parent. I was so involved in her life about everything she did because I was trying to protect her from those things. Mm. I didn't, so I became very, uh, very protective over my kids. And I think it stems from that, from my incident. And so as she grew up and she started dating and she was around boys, I was so like, make sure you know this. 
you know, and, and, and I think that's where I, I became very, very, uh, I can't even think of the word. It just made me realize so much and made me want to not have that happen again. And with everything else that I do, I think, you know, I tried to have both men and women just not feel like they're paralyzed from what they've gone through. You need to say something to someone because it will haunt you. You know, it, 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 it made me, it made my parenting skills very different. And my kids were like, why are you like this? Why, why are you so protective? Why do you want to see everything? My phone and this and this is because I know, you know how it is. And so now she wanted to join the military and I didn't want her to do it. She ended up not doing it, but I didn't want her to do it for those reasons. I was just scared. I was scared. I didn't want these things to happen to her. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it changed a lot. It changed a lot because they were only, my daughter was only eight. No, no, no. She wasn't even born when this happened. I'm sorry. Um, but as it just changed my parenting skills yeah, because I was just very scared of everything. Yeah. And because it happens across all industries, actually, because you realize yeah. a lot of people came up to say it didn't, and it didn't even only just how it happened in Hollywood, right? Yeah. The Me Too movement, it just happened everywhere. I mean, there are stories that came out with, even with um, Silicon Valley, um, you know, young entrepreneurs, um, you know, they are hustling for investors' money. Um, they were also being propositioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, not, not, only, not only women, I'm talking about yeah. men, women, whatever situation, because you're in a position of, um, in a weaker position, in a position of subordination, I should say. Not exactly subordinate, but in a position of subordination. So you had to kind of agree or give in or have some of your rights just been taken away. And I think that this is across a lot of um, uh, uh, industries and, and it is regardless of countries, you know. Um, and I think particularly in a lot of very conservative countries, um, reserve countries, I should say, even in Asia, um, you don't, I think they, they do happen really, but it's not talked out about it yes. yet. It's not yes. like what the movement in the West is trying to shine a light to that, but you know, in a very reserved society, this is not comes out, it's not surfaced yet because it is so much shame, um, uh, you know, even bringing it out. Um, you know, that really has to change. And, and thank you for sharing that um, with us. And, and I think before you go, um, would you like to share your third story about one of your most um, kind of uh, illuminating uh, de uh, depression episodes um, that you would like to share with, with, with us? Yeah, so... I, um, I believe in my book, I, I spoke about my, it was my daughter's 10th birthday and I had a, I had a mental breakdown while I was in a military schooling in Kansas and it just came out of nowhere. I, I don't know. I can't remember what triggered it. I just know that it scared my family because at that moment in time, uh, and I don't talk about this a lot, my husband and I were separated. And so when we went to the schooling, we lived in two different houses, but right next to each other. And I 
I just, I, 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 I lost it. I was, I think I was stressed out. I was overwhelmed. I don't know what it was. I locked myself in the house. Um, you know, and I ruined my daughter's birthday. She, she remembers that like it happened yesterday because it really, it really struck her. She had no idea what was wrong with me and I mm. really couldn't explain it. Mm. But, um, I did have a, I did have a weapon and, um, my husband had to take it away from me. Wow. Be because he wow. was like, what are you doing? You know, he doesn't understand these feelings because I didn't know how to explain them. I was not very good at communicating because I didn't really understand what was going on with me. My way of dealing with things was shutting people out, isolating, uh, anger, um, just backlash. I was not a very nice person and because I, I, I thought I had a handle on, on these things, but I, I clearly didn't and I didn't know how to talk about it. As many as much as he wanted me to go see someone, I thought I don't need to. I, there's nothing wrong. I can handle this, but it was very bad. It was very bad. And, um, could you describe, um, what's a mental breakdown? I mean, we hear a lot about that. We've seen it in the movies. Um, you know, you fly, someone fly off the, the handle, uh, but exactly what is your experience? Could you describe? Yeah, I, I was just, I, you know, I cried. I cried. I was just angry. I nobody could tell me what to do. I laid on my couch in the dark, locked my family out of my house, and I just laid there. Did I, you did you fly into a rage? I told them to get out. I said, "Get out! Leave me alone." Um, I just want I want to be by myself, and nobody could understand why. Like, what the heck just happened to mom? An hour ago, we were about to go Please. celebrate my birthday, and here she is in this it kind this of got rage. Yeah, yeah, like I just, I was just so ugly, and you know, get out, you know, leave me alone, lock my door. I, mm. I think about it now, it's like, who does that? I did mm. that. I did mm. that. I locked the front door and the back door, nobody was going to get in. Yeah, and now that you talked about, because when I read your book, uh, Wall Between Two Lives, um, you talked a lot of things. I thought these are the three glaring things that you can share um, specifically uh, with us. Now, and, and talk about your brand. I see you as a veteran. You're a veteran's wife, um, you are a mother. But, you know, the brand about being a veteran is, is like you, you, sign away your life if it calls which means that you are a protector a custodian of a mission at all cost right and i can't even imagine anybody doing that so for that for you to for for me to see you as your brand that is one of your pillars of your brand would you like to explain and expound on that I, yes, yeah, so a veteran, I was dual military and a mom and a soldier, <laughs> all these things just wrapped into one. And so when I created this, well, the brand actually, the, the logo is just, it's my dream car, but a wild ride called life is, is that it's, it's everything that you go through. 
And so when I created this community, it was specifically for those of us who are suffering from mental illness. You know, there we have to remember that it's okay to not be okay. You know, we'll hear that cliche forever, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have your moments of sadness, of even if you're angry, but how we deal with it is one of the things that I didn't know how to do. So now that I'm in this space to be able to talk about it and just tell you, you know, the truth about what I went through, now we have to figure out how can we, how can we work through that? How can we learn to use our voice? How can we get that strength and the courage back to be able to say, yes, I have depression and it's okay because I know what I need to do or, and I know who I need to talk to, or I know that maybe I just need to go watch TV, whatever the case is, it's okay. And so I'm really focused on that, especially for our kids. My kids have seen the most ugliest parts of me, you know? And so now it's important for me to leave a legacy to show them that, yes, I was ugly back then, but I'm better now because I'm learning how to talk about it. I'm learning how to deal with it. If I'm, you know, we have, we've had hard conversations, you know, they have learned to say, mom, you are, you're not acting right or what's wrong or whatever. And I'll have to, you know, even if I break down and cry, I'll tell them, you know, I don't know what's wrong or I, I just, I'm stressed out or whatever. Whereas 10 years ago, I wasn't able to do that. And so learning to have that conversation, even with our kids, I think is, is so important because they see things that you don't think they see. And so I've, and I've learned that I've, I've been told that, and it was hard to hear that, but that's what we have to do. That's what this brand is about is using your voice, finding the courage, having the conversation. Courage. Yeah. And if you were to say um, your brand in three words, what will they be? Courage. You did talk about courage. Courage. Uh, <laughs> using your voice and giving yourself grace. Grace. Thank you so much, um, Annette. Um, it's such an illuminating um, session with you. Um, you know, we have um, about 38 minutes of talk um, about you know, on, on this, on your brand and your philosophy and your stories that make who you are. And we hope to come back um, to part two, talk about the mind of an entrepreneur that you actually have uh, transformed yourself from being a veteran and then to become a, a very visible entrepreneur now and also helping other entrepreneurs, right? And, and I hope that through um, our conversation, we give more publicity um, about your book, about what you do in our next episode, particularly about some of the tips that you can give uh, to entrepreneurs and also talk about your workbook that people can buy from, uh, where can they buy your book that comes with they can the workbook? Buy it. Yes, it does. You can buy it on Amazon. It's okay. on Amazon. If you guys have access to that or, or Target or Barnes & Noble, all those things, you can buy it anywhere. Okay. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, you can buy A Wall Between Two Lives by Annette Wittenberger. Um, it, is, it is about her life. Um, it's, not, it's not a memoir yet because I think you can kind of expound that and expand that even further because there's so much to write. Um, but I think that's like a glimpse 
uh, of that dramatic life that you've lived. So, ladies and gentlemen, please go and um, get that book, either an e-book or a real book, and then come back um, again uh, to Annette for part two, whereby we talk about an entrepreneur, um, how to handle failure, how to handle success, um, etc. I think um, Annette will have a lot. Uh, we have lots to share with all of us. Thank you, Annette. Is there a final word you would like to share for the next 10 seconds? It's okay not to be okay. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah, I better tell that to my husband. I don't want to I don't want to be doing anything today. <laughs> Could you please wash the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> right, not me today. So thank you so much, Annette. Um, such a wonderful time to have you. Um, a very illuminating session with you. Uh, we'll talk about her uh, book and then uh, her being an international mentor for Life Skills Academy and also the book uh, Golden Nuggets for Entrepreneurs. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.